0: Log Talk Radio.
2: Oh, my goodness had let it flow a little bit a little lisa gerard in the beginning happy mother's day to all you people out there hope y'all having a great one definitely want to give a much shout out to my mom dr angela wakabongo and my second mom tantina Musau, and my godmom, <laughs> mama Watts. i have like so many ladies that have been involved in my in my life in different capacities people saw cast care to bring it live and direct there's this intro song i want to use i heard it on a Lu- Louise Owuchu. I can never pronounce her last name But she does a positive vision Check her out on Block Talk Radio And I heard her show a couple weeks ago about Molly And she had this cool song i was like, I gotta find out what the name is It was such a cool intro But check it out because she gave one of the most In-depth analysis about Molly uh, I can't remember her guest's name But she was doing a phone interview with this gentleman and they really went down to the down to the cut. It wasn't about all oh, the conspiracy stuff like that. It was very detailed. But man, let me tell you, that beginning song was really nice. I'm gonna get that by next week. But people, what is happening? I hope you guys are doing well. I'm, you know, you notice uh, I I survived my operation. Uh, things are okay. Can't complain. I'm on rehab for the rest of the month. I really miss my students. I'm hearing rumors from my students that uh you know things are going a little crazy. A lot of writing at their board at school. So that was really touching. Um, But I'm taking it day by day. I'm not going to lie to you. It's been difficult because my arm is like the second operation in six months. And I know some people are cool with that. I'm not one of them. I think my last one was, what, August? Yeah, it was August. And it's like, oh, my God. So it's like, you know, hopefully this will be the last one. There'll be no more cast. There'll be no more physical therapy after the next few sessions I have coming up. But beyond that, hey, I'm good. Life is good. I'm alive. Can't complain. If I did, what's the point? And that's what undermine my own show if I started complaining now, right? But people, I want to say thanks to all you listeners out there, Jolie, Angeline, all you cats out there that listen to my show and pass it around, put on your Facebook wall and things like that. I hope I influence and touch someone's life in some capacity. I don't know all the answers. You know, I'm still discovering things about myself, my life, my destiny, my purpose, as I'm sure everybody is because we're slowly evolving um, on a daily basis, on a minute basis, no matter what, what age you are. There are people who found their callings when they were 60. And some people that found their calling when they were 10. My calling is what I do. I just want to advocate and make change. If it's doing movies, if it's speaking, if it's uh, talking to you guys, if it's just, you know, being on a convention, on a panel, if it's just talking to someone one-on-one, you know, on, you know, on campus or on a street corner or it doesn't make a difference. I just want to influence someone's life so that they can make a difference. And that's one more that's one more warrior in making this place a better world. People. You guys are really, you know, my last show was actually the fastest outside. It's actually one of the fastest shows I have done, actually. And sometimes, I mean, I mean, it just started climbing. I was, like, really surprised. Like, every other day it was, like, 200 people, 200 people. So I guess words going around is being circulated to people, and I, I really appreciate that, and thank you again. And, again, I just want to make a difference in your life because, you know what, I'll never lie to you, and I'll tell you straight up. I've always had challenges about what my calling is like. Uh, in life is. And one thing that has always stood, has stood in the front of my mind is that people are usually not very happy when they're using their talents and it's only being used to make somebody else's vision re, re, uh, real, re, uh, in reality. Does that make sense? I'm on Viking, so bear with me. Now, I'll say that again. You're at a job you're teaching someplace, and I see it's a lot among teachers, but you're at a job or someplace like that or you're in the middle of your, you know, your place of employment, and you're very good at what you do. Everybody's telling you you're very good at what you do, and you give back that smile. You know the smile I'm talking about. It's like It's not really a smile. It's just showing teeth and kind of like a grin because you acknowledge what they're saying to you, but in your spirit, you're feeling that it's just not what you're called to do. Does that make sense? For example, you're gonna to go to school tomorrow. Or you're gonna to, you are know, gonna go to church. Uh, church that's today. You're gonna to go to work tomorrow. And you're gonna to sit in the office and you're gonna have a conversation with people and stuff like that. And they're gonna say you're doing a good job and things like that. And then there's gonna be that lull during the day where it's just you working on your stuff. And yes, everybody's saying you're doing a good job. And yes, everybody's saying you can do this. And yes, everybody can say you can do that. But you and you're doing great. You're employee the month. Employee of the year. You're getting a raise. But deep down in your spirit, you're not. You're just not feeling it. You don't feel like your talents, your gifts from God are being fed. You're really starving. And I have been in that situation more than once where people have said I've done a great job, but inside I realized very quickly that my talents are being used to make their vision real at the expense of my own. I'm going to rock a few episodes today. I'm going to see if I can do doing it for an hour. I'm going to see uh, how many people we can get in in terms of uh, speaking and things like that. Uh, you know I like to play some audio of a uh, Speakers talking about life and things like that. And I actually have one by T.D. Jakes that touched on this because I had spoken about this some time ago, and it was very articulate in reference to what I was speaking about with one of my students. Because students are at that vulnerable stage, particularly high school students, because they're about to, quote, unquote, enter the adult world, and they're still try- trying to figure out who they are. They're still trying to figure out what their gifts are. But let's come back to that after we talk about This is a, a, a an interview that Oprah had on her master class with T.D. Jakes. And I believe the name of this segment is uh, You Shouldn't Confuse Talent with Purpose. So let's give this a listen.
3: One of the things I saw you do in this sermon, Living on Purpose, where you came out and you actually sat on the speaker <laughs> yeah. and you say that most people or many people are sit, are using their life as a speaker yeah. when in fact, they're, it, 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 they're underusing their purpose.
4: Let me do that. Let me do that. Okay, let, let you do that. You okay. just ruined
1: guess, the whole I
3: guess, thing. I, <laughs> I was trying to get it
1: straight.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, <laughs> let, me, fix okay, let, let me fix it. Okay, let
3: me fix it.
4: I was sitting on a speaker, and I said, "This speaker will bear the weight of my body. It will make a chair in a pinch. It will get me out of a crisis. It will be a chair, but it was not designed to be a chair. I am not using it for its highest and best use." I said, many times we are pushed into functioning in an area that is not our highest and best use because somebody needed us to be something that we were not created to be.
3: That's what I was saying.
4: I got you. I got you. I got you.
3: That's exactly what I was talking about. See what I'm saying? Uh, You also say that people confuse. This happens all the time. Anybody who can sing just a little bit, or they can write p- a piece of a poem. They think they're supposed to be Maya Angelou, oh My Angelou all of a God. sudden. And you say people confuse talent with purpose.
4: Yes, because so many, so many times you have a modicum of talent in an area, maybe just enough talent to appreciate people who are really called to that area. It doesn't mean that you need to necessarily go out and do that thing. You must understand that the purpose is, is the underlying of. Uh, Chemistry that makes you live your life. It may not be, you may not have a strong talent. Let me give an example because I'm messing mine up. Let me give you an (laughs) example. I have talent as a musician. I can play the piano. Not well enough to be maestro, but I have a modicum of talent in that area. But that was not my purpose it, but many many times we start working in an area that we have talent but it's not our purpose i tell my kids this you may start out doing something that is not the thing you were created to do it may only be the thing that leads to the thing you were created to do you understand what i'm saying I got you. so so you can't don't stop at where you are as if it were the destination when in fact, in reality, it may be the transportation that brings you into that thing you were created to do.
2: Whoa. As he likes to say, "Do you hear what he's saying?" <laughs> but it's true. It is. so Sorry about that. We're actually missing two songs here, but hey, I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna fire you. I have a Joelle in the back. Joelle, wanna wait? Wait. You can't say hope. You can't wave because they can't see you. But anyway, people, it is so true. It is so true. I have spoken with people in private conversations who have asked questions about um, what is going on at their place of employ. And one thing I have shared with them, particularly when you talk to people, like where I teach at, at a new, at new design charter school, when we have the professional development meetings, when I look at the talent that's in the room, and the variety of teaching skills and stuff like that it's ridiculous, and we have a teacher there who is a miss Walker teacher of the year and when you see talent like that, people you're sitting around you you're sitting around some greatness because as uh mr. Canada said, if you hear if you ever see a teacher in action, you are witnessing a work of art now, what happens though from that conversation is that many people. When they're being told how to do something a particular way, particularly when they have extensive experience of how to do it in the first place, and the person telling them how to do a particular way has no experience whatsoever in what they are telling this person to do. that day can suddenly go from a place of that, that you know uh, uh, an event of of joy. And love to misery and despair. Because you're being asked to do something in a way that goes counter to your conscious and spirit that's saying, this isn't the right way. But so many people compromise. So many people have compromised. And so many people continue to compromise because the one thing they're worried about is that check. Or they're worried about making the rent. Or they're worried about paying the bills. So they kind of grin and bear it. I'm not grin and bearing anything. I know what my talents are, and i've had no problem with articulating that there are other things I want to do. There are different ways of doing things as long as it accomplishes the mission statement i'm cool when i have, when I direct a film, whether it be howard um when I produce a film with Howard Simpson or Tim Russ or what have you, or when I direct if you have the conversation with the with the director about you know what the product's about. And they're bringing their own flavor to the project. Then what's the problem? Ridley Scott would not be Ridley Scott if he was doing it if he was directing the way his producer thinks he should. I think it's Douglas Wick or what have you. And many of us, many of you out there listening, are living that exact life. You're gonna go to work tomorrow if you're not at work right now, and if you're at work right now listening to me, be careful because you might not have a job. You get caught, you know, you know, wasting time on the clock, but. You're gonna go there tomorrow, and yes, some people already have. You maybe the people that have a career, which is you wake up, you can't wait to go, and the time flies by, and you're like, oh, what happened? You know, what happened what happened to the day? You know, it's like Tom Brady said he didn't re, he didn't re, re, he didn't recognize that he was a football player until you know the clock went by. and He didn't want to leave, but many people will be at that place tomorrow if they're not there now, and they're gonna sit there, and within three minutes they already know they want to go home. They already know they're wasting their talent. They already know they're not doing what they want to do. And people, that is not what you're here for. You have some things. You have a gift that I don't have. I have a gift that you don't have. We all have gifts that are unique to us. T.D.J., Bishop T.D.J., said he, re- he was asked this question, when did you realize that your, you know, your calling was to minister? He said the minute he walked on stage, he knew that that's what he was supposed to do. It wasn't a lot of people in the room he said, in his spirit, he knew. Brother Osteen, if you look at his story, how he was working the back and cutting videos and stuff like that. Well, as, as Brother Jakes has said, that maybe what you're doing now is to lead to what you're supposed to do. Well, who do you think leads the editing of Brother Osteen's videos? Joel Osteen. <laughs> so he learned those skills before. But what is it you want to do? There's a phrase I put on my Facebook uh, this morning. It just popped in my mind. A lot of times I was put on my mind up there. And it says, the dream you keep dreaming is going to be made real by somebody else. And I'm going to talk about that. Let's play a little music. And uh, let's see here. You ever have those down times when you really want to know and you're not someone to talk to and you don't know who to talk to? Sometimes you just want to find that friend, right? So the Wayans did a song a while ago produced by Teddy Riley. Called a friend. Listen to the words. Because you know when I play the music, it's always about the words. So hopefully it's touching your spirit. And I'm going to come back to, to that phrase. I want you to think about this. The dream you keep dreaming is going to be made real by somebody else. Let's go. Wayne, take it away.
3: Hey, what's happening, man Hey, oh, what's
1: doing? up, man? I'm so glad. That's, that's Aaron Hall. Back. It's good to have you back. I can't believe I'm with the wine. <laughs> you know, with somebody that's with all of us. You yeah. know, he's at half a friends friend.
3: First show i stuff friendly.
1: friendly. Right. Well, I I know by being in this place, mm-hmm. that a whole lot of people that want to know who the friend is. Why not you tell about Well, there is a friend. Closer than any brother I <laughs> got a lot of brothers right You know who that thing is.
2: People, you do have a friend, and you have that friend. It's in your spirit. But to come back to you, we're coming a whole lot of emails and texts here to answer that 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 phrase I gave before. The dream you keep dreaming is going to be made real by somebody else. And what I mean is, there there are all these Facebook, for example. I remember I was watching a BBC special on Mark Zuckerberg some time ago. Actually, earlier this afternoon, while sitting up for this show, and the lady was talking about the social network and one thing she brought up that is that the movie kind of glossed over that. There were other um, social networks out there. Friends there, MySpace, there was something in Britain and things like that. But the thing that was very interesting during that episode of uh, the Spotlight in Zuckerberg was that in social network if you've seen that movie there's a scene where they upload Face Smash where they're essentially comparing you know people in terms of beauty. Who's, who do you think is fine, A or B? And I think at one point they were comparing people to animals, Yeah, I believe so, right? Okay, now Zuckerberg was talking about how it was actually said before, before they came back to Zuckerberg's segment, they were talking about how Harvard University as a result of what Face, Face Smash, uh created in terms of controversy in reference to privacy, Harvard University who was developing their own pretty much a variation of, of, of Facebook type media, they were going to take their yearbook, what have you, and things like that and put it online. Because of the outcry of privacy, they suspended that indefinitely. In fact, they sent out a, a, a memo to everybody saying we're going to do this stuff, but we're going to suspend it uh, indefinitely because there are issues of privacy we have to resolve. Zuckerberg says this, and maybe I can get a clip on it—a uh, clip of him saying this. Oh on the next show I'll do—I do another one. He said that he felt that was stupid. He said, actually, said that he felt that was ridiculous, and that you know a website is not that hard to make, so I'll just make a website. Now, where do you think Facebook would have been now? had Harvard said, instead said, you know, let's just make sure we we have our privacy protocols in place. Let's go launch this social service. Facebook probably wouldn't be around or maybe not be to the level it is right now. But the thing is, it comes back to so many people, as Mark said in the movie or the actor, if you invented Facebook, you would invent Facebook. There is something you are thinking about right now for some time. It could be a recipe. It could be a clothing style, something like that. And one day, You're going to turn on the TV or open up your favorite magazine or go to your favorite website or whatever and you're going to see breaking news. This thing you've been dreaming of has been created by somebody else. There is no feeling lower (laughs) than to have to sit there and watch somebody else reap the rewards from their hard work that you should be putting into making your dream real. I have a good friend of mine who shall I may name, but she knows what I'm talking about. And we were talking about this um, uh, when she was um, auditioning for us, submitting her her packages to us, what have you? She had portrayed this famous singer, and she loves this singer. Can't remember if the singer is still alive or dead. I think the singer is past now. And I said to her, "Hey, go play this singer." You know, she was thinking about it. She already did the role. You know, we talked back and forth about some ideas. I said, "Yeah, just produce it. Do it short. Just do it short. Do it short." And my exact words were, "The last thing you want is to see an announcement that someone else is going to portray that singer." A month and a half later, my friend sent me an email that a big name star in R and B was going to portray this particular singer, and she was like, "Sorry, you don't say anything. Sorry, I know what you're thinking." And that's what's happening. If you look at um, something, something daughter. Oh, it's a black. Is it Charlotte's daughter or Camille's daughter? Or let me second find what I'm talking to. But it's a, it's it's a, it's a clothing product. It's not really a clothing product. It's a product made for black women. Carol's daughter. That's it. Carol's daughter was created by this young lady back in the 1990s, right? Who started mixing some things together and was given to her friends. Okay. Ironically, one of her f- that she gave it to was Jazzy Jeff, Will Smith's friend, who at who at that time back in the 90s gave it to Jada Smith, Jada Pinkett, well Jada Pinkett back then who has been a lifelong user of this product since she got it back in the 90s. She started her kitchen, and she was. it got to the point where, you know, what would happen if, you know, something happened and they had shut down the company and they couldn't pay the bill and stuff like that. So they brought in an outside investor. I don't know if it was Steve Stout. I could be incorrect in that name, who assembled some investors. And one of the group of the investors was Jada Pickett-Smith and Will Smith. Now, this, this young lady, I believe she's out of Brooklyn, New York, I thought, I thought she started out of Maine, but she's out of New York. I believe she has five to seven stores, maybe even 12 across the country. Now, at, well, at the time the interview was aired, I don't know exactly when it was aired, she was going to fly to Harrods because it was going to open up, that's her store, Carol's Daughter in Harrods in the U.K. It blew her mind. And she said she can't believe this is happening. Now, it started as a hobby but she has a passion for it. If you want to know what your calling is, it's what we talked about before. What is your passion? What do you like to do? Who cares who's saying it's it's stupid? Who cares who's saying it's not a good idea? I mean, if they're talking about, you know, you want to jump off a building and see if you can fly with, with telepathy, we're not talking about that. But what is in your heart that you have to do it? What is it? What is in your heart this idea that you have? Facebook is around now. We don't know how long. Five years later, five years from now, it could be like you know, could have would have been a company and got bought out. But let me show you something about um, conviction, because again, if you keep waiting and keep dreaming, somebody else is going to make that dream come true. They're going to make your dream real, because right now, whatever you're thinking someone else is thinking right now. It might not be exactly the same, but it's something that you've been thinking about. Now, there's this, there's this episode on Ancient Aliens. Yes, I love to watch that with George Tukalos And there's a part in there with a gentleman who's in charge of the Jay Campbell Archives. I can't remember his name exactly. They were talking about how people in history were answering the call, And a lot of times, people are afraid because they don't want to uplift their lives and uproot themselves. And they want to hear what their friends have to say and all that kind of stuff. And the gentleman comes on and he says this, he goes, the refusal of the call is probably an experience that all thoughtful people have. That is, that there is some project, some task, some mission, but we waver. We doubt ourselves and don't immediately respond to our destiny. This is not a good thing. And the gentleman's name, I have it here, is Jonathan Young, Ph.D., founding curator of the Joseph Campbell Archives. Joseph Campbell, who I believe is the, is the writer of the book on mythology that George Lucas used as a basis for Star Wars, of his, creating his mythology. The refusal of the call. Is probably an experience that all thoughtful people have. That is, that there is some project, some task, some mission, but we waver. We doubt ourselves and don't immediately respond to our destiny. This is not a good thing. Dr. Jonathan Young said that. Founding curator of the Joseph Campbell Archives. You have been doubting yourself. There's a project in your life. There's a task in your life. There's a mission in your life. You know you're supposed to do it. It's deep in the cut of the, down to the bone of your soul. But you keep doubting, doubting, doubting. You're talking yourself out of your own destiny, and you keep wavering. There's nothing you can do. You can switch jobs, move countries, divorce, whatever you want to do. Go to the bar, get drunk, club. It will be all you can do is is, is um, numb the calling. But sooner or later, that numbness is going to wear off, and it's going to come back full force. You're wavering. Because you're refusing the car in your life. And one of the things people are afraid about is losing their friends. But you know what? The kind of friends you don't want to deal with are are the ones who are going to be jealous of you. And a lot of you are sitting there hanging out with your people. Not everybody, but too many of us, because I made this mistake also, are sitting around people whose ambitions and drives are nowhere near our level. They have no vision. Actually, their vision is what they're doing right now, nothing, because it's easy to do Nothing. But if you have a calling in your life, the hardest thing is to not do anything. A friend of mine found recently said that she found she was betrayed—not really betrayed, but found out that this, these people just kept irritating her. Another good friend of mine said the same thing that there are people who are just acting weird towards him as he's going towards his destiny. You know what? They're following their call. You know, you know what? They're not following their calling. You're following your calling, and they're just jealous. And you know, I got to break off a tune for that. So let me go back to some some old school club nouveau. They had a song about jealousy. So I'll listen to the words and see if these words describe any of these little jealous people in your life right now. Let's go back. Let's rock it a bit. There people And it's really true The jealousy In fact How this group started Was that There was a group That did uh, I think it was Time and Social Club Did a song called Rumors And then I guess There was some kind of Fallout within the group So these people Left and started Another group called Club Nouveau And did a song Called Jealousy And they said They came off Spreading rumors They're talking about That particular group Time and Social Club But it all comes down To the (laughs) the foundation of You're doing a whole lot Of jealous people But so what You know what It's their life They want to be there And talk about you let them talk about you as they're watching you you know elevate to your life. Let me tell you something, share something that Mark Zuckerberg said also that touched my mind from this um BBC Spotlight. He was talking about how he was talking about how they had the option to sell Facebook when he was like twenty two, where Yahoo came and offered him a billion dollars for the company. It was Yahoo, and I like came remember the other company that was involved in the mix, and he said no, and people thought he was losing his mind. But he said no. And one they touched on, that it touched on during his comments when he had, when he articulated that, at that time people thought we could do the di- we should do the deal, and they were pushing me to do the deal and stuff like that. You know, myself and the other individual that was involved in following Facebook, you know, I'd wild on those guys. This might have been shortly after what have you, a uh, the whole Art Wilder situation. But he came out and said the people that had that that had short vision left. He said they weren't there for the long term. They had short vision. They left. And the next wave of people came in, they they had already had the discussion that they didn't want to build the company. No, I'm sorry, that they didn't want to sell the company. They want to build the company. So when Microsoft came and offered to buy the company for $15 billion, exactly what them guys said, no, because they want to build the company. Now, how many of us out there, let's be real, how many of us out there if someone came and offered us a billion dollars, we'd take that billion dollars for your company, even though it was still growing. Let's, let's be honest now, okay? While we're thinking, let's go into a few more words here from uh, Brother Jake. I just like some of the stuff that Jake says, and I think it's Apple Pay to you guys. Let's give him a listen on uh, Living with Purpose here.
1: Bishop T.D. Jakes.
4: Wow. Wow. I'm excited because I understand what, something that I believe that you understand, that we are here by a divine purpose, that we do have a purpose. We may not be perfect people. We may not have perfect situations, but we are still significant nonetheless. And we have been blessed with a rich body of emotions. We have emotions. We're not like roses or plants or bushes that have life without feeling. We have feelings, and when we use them properly, they are very effective in motivating you towards your destiny. I want you to be clear and understanding that purpose and passion are interconnected. Unfortunately, we live in a crazy world that we're busy all the time, and fast, 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 and we are losing touch with who we are, our inner sense of passion. But it is your passion that empowers you to be able to do that thing you were created to do. I want somebody to shout, Passion you may not feel it all the time you may not sense it all the time but you do have passion we have passion through which we thrust into the throes of life to accomplish the things that we were created to do so that we can function at a higher dimension with authority and with conviction you need passion to withstand all the obstacles that go along with your purpose just because you're living on purpose doesn't mean you're going to have problems you're going to need thrusts to be able to get up off the ground and to step into the field of your dreams. Even if you have not landed on the thing, at least get in the territory of the thing you are dreaming to do and that you hope to accomplish to do. And through that passion, you're able to ignite things you have never ignited before. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. You're saying, I don't feel a thing. I'm numb. I don't feel anything at all. All of us go through times that we don't feel anything at all. But in order to ignite passion again, you have to be exposed. Get out of the boat, Peter. Walk on the water. Go do something you've never done before. Get involved. Get connected. Because when you are exposed, you see that there are more options than your contemporary situation at any age. That's the good news about it. You don't have to be cute. You don't have to be pretty. You don't have to be a size three. You don't have to be a blonde or brunette. You don't have to be 20 or 50. At any age, you can still ignite your purpose through finding your passion. That's good news. What What then, what then do we do with the laws in life? The dark shadows in life, we all have them. The secret pains and burdens that we have in life, are, are they in fact distractions from our purpose? Absolutely not. I have never seen anybody who did extraordinary feats that didn't have extraordinary issues. It is the passion that gives you the power you need But it is the pain from which you have the conviction about it. If you had not been through some pains, you would not have the burning to do what you do. I believe that children are like arrows. They need to be directed. You aim them at the thing you want them to hit. But you don't push an arrow. You pull it away from it. And it is the digression. That causes the progression. If your life has been tough and it's been hard and you had to pull yourself up by your bootstraps and your childhood wasn't so good, guess what? That was just the arrow being pulled back so that when you are released, you can thrust after the thing you're after. Yes! Yes! So you don't have to grieve over what you didn't get and what didn't happen and how you were treated and who didn't raise you and who didn't love you. You don't have to grieve about it at all. Once you understand, the greater the digression, the stronger the progression. If Nelson Mandela had not been incarcerated, had not been mistreated, had not been ostracized, he would not have the passion to do what he does. If Oprah Winfrey had not gone through the things that she had gone through, she would not be so committed to making sure that everybody finds their purpose and finds their dream and everybody gets healed and everybody's okay. I'm telling you, what you think is working against you is actually working for you.
2: I mean people. Yes, yes, yes. I'm getting some more texts and emails too, yes. I'll continue with that what he says there is a part two very briefly. But people again if that billion dollars came not you would you say yes? Let's be honest, all right? But there you go. It's like we're all going through our difficult times, we're all going through our hard times, you know, but sometimes it's interesting when you look at this when you look at history A lot of the innovations of history in society have been made when people were going through difficult times or when people went through difficult times and came on the other side and realized that it strengthened them for the big break or opening that was coming down the road. But so many of us, we want it easy. We want to just take our time with it. We just want, want to move away from it. We want to say, you know, it's too much work. But, you know, today's Mother's Day. Someone carried you for nine months. You know, maybe you know, a premium, baby, something like that. For premium, you know, the, on average, you were carried for nine months by somebody. Nine months, oftentimes willingly. Okay, I mean, come on. Now, you're here. When I look at my mom, and I look at the sacrifice that she's made for us, I can't underachieve. No one can be harder on me than myself. No one can push me harder than myself. Okay. And when I think about what she has accomplished while having us and raising us with my dad, bachelors, masters, PhDs, and looking back on my life, she was doing this as though it was nothing, like it was just something that she wanted to do. But she reminded us one day and told me one day that her dad, my grandfather, has said they will not get married until they complete their education. Okay? Okay. They will not get. Will, an education is something that will not be taken away from you. If I recall what she said. She I said it to me back then. And every day, I always reevaluate my life, and I just look back, and it's just something where I have to exceed my parents because they sacrificed for me. And then my children, the day I have them, you know, outside of the crazy uh, Frida and Deja, <laughs> those two lunatics. I think Peter graduated today also, a oh, couple of days ago. Congratulations, Frida, on your graduation. I think it was a couple of days ago. Was it the 19th or the ninth. But yet, I want my children to surpass me. But right now, you're not any good to anybody if you're not following your calling in your heart. You, you can't talk to somebody about being happy if you're unhappy inside. It's like tears of a clown. When there's a smile on my face deep inside, I'm crying or something like that by the miracles. You're smiling, but you're crying on the inside. So you have to move forward, and you have to make that decision. When are you going to make up your mind to do what you need to do that's in your heart? Do it now, right off the plan. You know, Esosa, part one, part two, part three, talked about this a little while ago when she just realized she just had to quit her job. Now, she said I don't advise, she didn't advise for everybody. But for her, she said, I have to go. She just couldn't do it. And I believe she said they were very supportive of what she wanted to do. But she just knew what she had to do was in her heart. And every day we go through, you know, we go through life, not following our call, not answering our purpose, we just feel that little weight in our chest let me give you a little part two of uh, Mr. Jakes uh, speaking on life, living with purpose from the previous um, uh, words he shared with you
4: and if you can realize that then you make sense out of the pain then you justify the pain and you start saying, you know what, it was good for me that I went through that. I'm, I, I'm glad you didn't stand by me. I'm glad you left me. I found my way because you left me. I discovered myself when I lost you. I was so engrossed in you that I couldn't see me. The losing of you was the discovery of me. And you celebrate your life. And you celebrate it. And it begins to make sense. And we are constantly being taught that we should seek provision, that it's all about money. But I know, I know a lot of rich people. They are crazy. <laughs> they are crazy. Let me give you the inside story. They are absolutely bananas. Money without purpose doesn't make you wise. You don't want to seek provision. You want to seek purpose. If you find your purpose, You won't have to worry about provision. I've I've got a a $10 bill here, right, Chris? $10 bill. I don't want to be chasing my provision. I want my provision to be chasing me. When you find your purpose, you won't have to work hard to chase your provision. Your provision will chase after you. And then you're in a situation where you decide which ventricle you're going to open up, who you're going to allow to bless you, who you're going to allow to feed your dream because the most sexy, beautiful, who can Bishop say sexy? I don't know. The most wonderful thing in the world is somebody who knows who they are and knows where they're going and knows what they were created to do. There's nothing like it in the world. When you find your purpose, they'll find something cute about you that girl got the cutest nose I ever saw in my life. Isn't that a cute little punk nose she got? Because people who are on point are attractive. They are focused. They get the deal. They do the business. They make the best mamas in the world. They make the best daddies in the world. People who are fulfilled within themselves and are not following all these crazy head trips and these idiosyncrasies that make them hard to live with. People who are lost are hard to live with whether they are rich or not or beautiful or not people who don't know who they are are always needing validation to feel secure but when you know who you are you're safe within yourself you don't need everybody in your space to make you feel good about who you are you know i am dead on center i am right on point I know exactly who I am. I don't need you to define me. I don't need you to validate me. I don't need you to help me. And if you clap for me, it's good. But if you don't, I'm okay because I am living my life right on purpose.
2: There you go. The only validation I need is my last name. That's it. <laughs> Joelle, you trying to get me a gag? Come on, girl. <laughs> and she's over there smiling like, yeah, I got you. All right, well, anyways, I'm, I'm going to get you after when the show's over. The only validation I need, folks, is my, is, is my last name because when I went to go see my um, my mom in Boston a couple weeks ago. I was surprised I visited her. She had just had a surgery, a heart surgery. Man, it, it was so much to see her. But, you know, the validation for my life was just a smile on her face, you know. Parents are funny about that. It's like when uh, Chris Evans, played, who plays who plays Captain America, and he played uh Human Torch in Fantastic Four. He says you know, about going back to Boston. They t- Boston is a place, you know, Massachusetts is a place where they remind you who you they remind you of who you are, who you used to be, and who you're supposed to be. They don't really care about all the Hollywood stuff, you know. When I go back to Boston, it's like I'm just around people, the family, the friends, Tope and a chance to meet my friend Alan. But they you know, when you're on people that know you from back in the day, they know you, they know your spirit. You don't have to have the walls up like I feel I'm in LA a lot of times, like questioning why are people around me. It's not an ego thing, but like he said, but the T D Jake said, and you have to be very careful who lets you in your circle, who's there for you when times are hard. Those are the people you want, not the people it's like with Facebook, and he said well, they turned on the first billion and the people had short vision, they left the company. He stuck it out, and I look where he's at, and, and Eduardo and everybody else. Chris Evans, I think is the name of the guy. Chris Johnson was the other guy, the co-founder, what have you. But, you know, who's in your circle? They said that Jesus only had people in his circle by invitation only. So who's in your circle? So another thing you want to do is look around. Who, who are you hanging with? Who are you riding with? Who are you talking to? Who are you partying with? Are you partying when you should be working? Let me give you some words that Will Smith had said some time ago. Then we're going to close off with a dedication because I lost a good friend of mine. Uh, some time ago, which is very difficult to talk about, but we'll get to that. Let me let me let, let's give you some words that Will Smith has said and, you know, take this to heat. All right. This is from uh, uh, Rob Corbett dot com. All right.
1: I have a great time with my life and I want to share it. I love living. I think that's infectious. It's something that you can't fake. Greatness is not this um, wonderful, esoteric, elusive. god-like feature that only the special among us are will ever taste you know it's something that truly exists in all of us it's very simple this is what i believe and i'm willing to die for it period It's that simple. I know who I am. I know what I believe. I know who I am. I know what I believe. that's all I need to know. that's all I need to know. So from there, you do what you need to do. Yeah. You know? And I think what happens is we make the situation more complex than it has to be. Because we're looking for complexity. There's got to be something complex to understand. It can't be that easy. No. We didn't grow up uh, with the sense that where we were was where we were going to be. You know, we grew up with the sense that where we were almost didn't matter, because
2: we were becoming
1: we were becoming, right. something greater.: The separation of talent and skill is one of the, 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 the greatest misunderstood concepts for people who are trying to excel who have dreams that want to do things talent you have naturally skill is only developed by hours and hours and hours of beating on your craft I've I've never really viewed myself as particularly talented where I excel is ridiculous sickening work ethic you know while the other guys sleeping I'm working while the other guys eating I'm working there's no easy way around it no matter how talented you are your talent is going to fail you if you're not skilled mm-hmm. you know if you don't study if you don't work uh, really hard and dedicate yourself to being better every single day mm-hmm. you'll never be able to communicate with with people with your artistry the, the way that you want so the only thing that I see that is distinctly different about me is I'm not afraid to die on a treadmill. You might have more talent than me, you might be smarter than me, but if we get on the treadmill together, right, there's two things. You're getting off first or I'm going to die. It's really that simple. One summer his dad tore down a brick wall on the front of his business and told 12-year-old Will and his 9-year-old brother to rebuild it, a job they said was impossible. It took them a year and a half, but they did it. And he said, now don't you ever tell me it's something that you can't do. You don't try to build a wall. You don't set out to build a wall. You don't say, I'm going to build the biggest, baddest, greatest wall that's ever been built. You don't start there. You say, I'm going to lay this brick yeah. as perfectly as a brick can be laid, yeah. and you do that every single day, and so you have a and wall Soon you have a wall you know it's uh, an idea that my grandmother uh, always had that it, you know if you're going to be here, then there's a necessity to make a difference. She always instilled the responsibility, the spiritual responsibility that you have to make every group you come in contact with better. I want to do good. Yeah. I want the world to be better because I was here. I want my life, I want my, my work, uh, my, my family, I want it to mean something. And it's like it has, if, if you are not making someone else's life better, then you're wasting your time. You know, like the, the, your life will become better by making other lives better. Hmm. I want to represent an I-
2: an idea. That was his last words he wanted to say. He wants to represent an idea, an idea that you can achieve anything you need to do by doing the work. Most people don't want to do the work. You know, I don't really club that much. I think I've been to a club three times in the years I've been in L.A., three times. And, I mean, I've been like here off and on like six years. And, you know, I can wake up in the morning work on my stuff, and then next year I'm looking down, it's like 6 o'clock in the evening. Open the curtain, it's dark. It's not that, you know, I'm being a hermit. It's that the time is flying because I'm just focusing on my craft. It takes a long time. And to share with you, you want to know how long things take, you know, I was actually doing comic book. I started my comic book company uh, back in the late 90s. I uh, read Mercenary. And I actually had a video production company, Psy X Dare. Oh, my God, Psy X S- Dare. I-G-H dash X dash, and that was X like the letter X, dash D-A-R-E, psi X there. And I think the first production I worked on with Roy Ayers. was like in, what, 87? <laughs> Something like that. I got to find that poster. But the thing is, you know, I started back then. Then I started publishing. Then I started doing comic book shows. And um, it was around 96 when we had the first invasion in Congo. And ninety eight when we had the second invasion from in Congo from Rwanda and Uganda and those places, whatever that I started doing advocacy and it wasn't until today that I realized I'm like, man, what happened to all you know I think taking so long, but what happened is that from pretty much ninety six ninety eight up until two thousand seven I was you know I stopped comics, I stopped everything I was just advocating for Congo, you know, and it was something I, mean, I was always speaking at conventions, speaking at panels, doing interviews, articles, all kind of stuff, and I looked out everywhere. You know, I've always been asked to speak here. I'm, you know, I do. That's why I started the memorial, uh, 2003. Uh, the first, I started the first Congo's memorial, and I think yeah, we're doing our annual one this year, obviously. And then it wasn't until 2007 I said, you know what, the Rwandans, these guys, using film to tell a story of what happened. We Congo needs the same thing. And when I looked around, there wasn't really a lot of movies that were relevant to what I wanted to do. So, you know, relative to the story of what was going on back home, so I just started doing movies. And from 2000 to now, I've been working on the Once Upon a Time in the Congo movie, uh, the mini version, and next year we'll do the the long version. But it's to tell the story of what happened back home. It's the same with you. Time may fly, but if you look back, there's a reason why, you know, there's the decisions you made based on what was going on in your life at that time. So I'm going to wrap this up uh, by saying follow your heart, follow your dreams, follow your spirit. Your spirit already knows what you you want to do. Your heart knows what you want to do. Everything else doesn't matter. All right? I'm going to see if I can do a resurrection life. Maybe next week, something like that. A lot going on, but I'll keep you posted. But I want to give a dedication here, if you don't mind, to a good friend of mine who passed away in Canada. Her name was Sydney, Canada, in Europe. I'm sorry. Sydney Kapalenga, all right? Beautiful young sister, beautiful Congolais, had a beautiful has, has a beautiful son. And my younger sister, Angeline in D.C., told me, because I was going through my own health crisis with my arm, um, that she had passed away from cancer, uh, Sydney. And the the, the tragic, even though the death death is, is tragic itself, but what's really tragic about it is that she died of cancer, but when she got diagnosed that she had cancer, she realized they told her she only had two months to live. So they told her she had two months to live, and then she passed away. I gave that assignment to my students. If you had only two months to live, what would you do? You know, how would you read if you can go back in time? How would you, read, you know, re- relive your life and things like that? And I call the assignment the Sydney Protocols. So if any of my students are listening to the show now, you know where I'm coming from, all right? So, people, you don't know how much time you have left. Live your dreams. The turnout. Sydney's favorite song was "Roni" by Bobby Brown. So I'm gonna take this show off the air by playing Rony. People enjoy it. This is uh, for Sydney Kapelenga. I believe uh, they had our services on radio. It might be happening soon. So, Sydney, we miss you. We love you. You're awesome. And hopefully this world is a better place because you were here. People, aside, you cast it a bingo live and direct out of here from L.A. So keep the faith. Live your dreams. You don't want someone else making your dream real. I'm gone. Good night, Sydney. Good night. Apalanga. Rule the world from heaven. I'm gone. So I can catch you the banger. Oh, <laughs> Oh. That's not to have it twice. We do it twice. We'll be here all night, and I'll start crying. All right, people. Good night.